0: Good evening. Welcome to the Tiny Plastic People podcast. It's a podcast about little people, what are plastic, and the stuff we like to do with them. Joining me this evening (laughs) is Rachel. Hello, Rachel.
1: Hello. How do we know it's evening, where the listeners are?
2: I'm I'm glad somebody else has brought this up because I think we really need to address this. Who else is this then, questioning
0: Uh, my timekeeping? Is that time?
2: Yeah, it's Tom Dines. Yeah. I just think we need to uh preemptively apologize for everybody listening to this in the morning.
0: No, I like afternoon. to set the tone. So if you're on your drive into work as I frequently am listening to podcasts the, the late night hour comes on and you start to think okay. about <laughs> what lo-
2: Yeah, just all right. If you're in the morning or in the afternoon, officially yeah. screw you. You have to listen just to the evening podcast.
1: Chill out stop stop driving to work and go to sleep yeah that, that's what you're telling four you. in eight hours
0: pull you over can, you can do this
1: you're feeling very sleepy <laughs> this is a special sleepy time episode of tiny plastic people
0: tiny plastic people's warm bath i mean it's also just proving because i'm frequently mentioned on the podcast. is that i'm quite basic i can't actually exist outside of the time that i'm currently experiencing so uh
1: <laughs> I think that's true of most people
0: probably maybe it's a national vibe anyway shall we start how have we been doing okay, okay. um Rachel have you uh, painted or played any games recently painted any games yeah any
1: models <laughs> um, so i've been um enjoying the new or cry. Um It's very good. They, they managed to not break it and at the same time also make it slightly better. Um, I have been painting all of the terrain. Uh, I am just finishing it and hopefully we'll be able to varnish it this evening, which is exciting. Um, unfortunately, that means I then need to figure out how to store and possibly even transport it. Which is going to be difficult because these trees, these trees—they are very big. Mm.
2: They're quite handsy, aren't they?
1: Uh, yes, literally. Big grabbers. Uh huh. And they have all these bits that stick out, and they're just, yeah. So they kind of a storage nightmare. It's been brick
0: together then into just like one mass. Which
1: <laughs> uh, that's sort of what I'm worried will happen if I put them in a box together. Mm.
2: They're a bit like the um, bit like the seed pods, right? They just grab onto everything. Yeah yeah so have you have you actually played the new world Cry?
1: yeah uh yeah so uh, on the day it came out um i've got a couple of uh sort of uh three player games in so the the core rule book still has uh additional rules for doing like three and four player games um which are quite fun mm-hmm. uh genuinely a very fun way to play the game uh and so that was our way of getting used to the the new rules, which are there's just a few changes and a few additions. There's like this new reaction system, that's like a really light touch, um, but actually adds quite a lot of depth. Is, um,
0: is this officially War Cry Two then?
1: Yes, yes.
0: They, did they summarise the changes anyway?
2: Because so the reactions is quite um. a big thing. But are there any like any small changes, like to to orderings of things that might. Crop up so important.
1: some of the small changes uh, some of them are just like FAQs that they've brought or updates that they've brought back into the sort of core rules and then some of them are stuff like um, if you are a flying model you cannot carry treasure while you're flying um, huh and okay that makes sense like treasure if you're carrying treasure that means you have a movement penalty as well um, there's some other things as well uh, oh yes most importantly, uh, when you're standing next to uh, the edge of a ledge and you take damage, then you have a chance to fall. Whereas previously, you only had a chance to fall if um, somebody got a crit on you. So you're a little bit more likely mm. to uh, like knock your enemies off of the edge of things, which is exciting, even if so it now you still have to sort of... happens quite rarely.
2: So now you have to sort of hedge on the ledge edge. Precisely. Yeah, that's quite that's quite a fun change.
1: Yeah, there's just like, uh, yeah, there's these little changes that add up to quite a lot of extra 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 fun. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, and then I've also done uh, the first, um, the first game in the campaign for my Orns of Hashit, which are one of the new warbands, um, and they. All, well, nearly all of them died, and then one of the two that survived went off into the jungle to explore afterwards, and got eaten by a beast. So, an auspicious oh. start.
2: Did they? Did you get any permadeaths, or just uh, yeah, like seriously, two, two,
1: oh. two permadeaths. Uh, one, oh dear. one died in battle, and one was the one who went off and got eaten by a monster in the jungle. Oh. So, oh. <laughs> I was able to. Well, I, was, I was able to. Um, uh hire a new recruit to replace the first one that died but yeah so i'm going into game two with um a, a fighter down
2: well that's quite fun. it's good that they give you resources to buy a replacement uh, the yeah beginning.
1: yeah yeah you, you kind of get a certain amount of um glory which is what you spend on hiring new fighters and other things uh, hmm. uh just for showing up um so you can probably, it's quite difficult to fall. You have to be super unlucky to fall, like, super far behind. Um, and there's also, um, you get, like, bonuses for going up against enemy warbands that are, uh, like, more experienced and better equipped than you right, are. Right, yes.
2: Yeah. Mm. Uh, a bit of a catch-up, mechanic. Yeah. That's um, good. Yeah,
1: apart from that, what have I been doing? Uh, uh, working on my game. Very, very time-consuming, but it's getting there. Um yeah, I'll shut up with that. Um yeah, that's me. What have you been up to, Danes?
2: Oh me, I uh um so it's been a while. I've um uh successfully harpooned and dragged aboard my white whale uh which was the uh Mance, mants, the war scryer Oh, Citizel. God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i slayed that beast it turns out it was way easier than i thought because i got it for an absolute steal.
0: is that so, the one with the pretty nice telescope on top of a castle
2: yep. Uh, yep yep the big old uh twisty the big old uh rickety house big tall thing i, I so i immediately just broke it up and put it in uh, tore it to pieces and put it in a box uh, <laughs> and promise i i pinky promise that i will strip the paint off it and rebuild it uh it was put together like moderately well, like not too, not too well, but okay. But I'm basically I'm going to repaint it. because yeah. it was a bit dingy. Do you think
1: sort of... is it one of those? Is it one of those terrain kits from that era where all of the terrain kits were kind of um, not super well designed and also not particularly well produced, so they were kind of like uh, difficult to put together and yeah, yeah, yeah. outsourced. Because I put definitely together definitely outsourced. I put together the. Um, numinous arculum recently yeah and uh fuck
2: that had a time yeah <laughs> had a had a hell of a time doing that yeah they, they, so there's this the the witch fate tour um death knell watch they're all the outsourced ones which and uh, yeah i got a couple of baleful ring Bale, bell baleful Real, realm realm cheese <laughs> baleful realm gates and yeah man it's just they take a lot of work to get to go together they just yeah it's funny, isn't it? Because because I know, Rachel, you've got one of the watchtowers, right? I don't know. Did you have to assemble that? No,
1: I got that pre assembled.
2: You got that built. So there was a there was a period of the old Warhammer terrain that I banged on about before, that was I'm pretty certain that was done by GW at in Nottingham or whatever, because that it goes together much better. It's it just feels like a normal kit. Yeah. Whereas the like the Belfort Realm gates came in like do you know when you buy like a toy matchbox car and it comes in the blister pack and like inside supported by a bit of like plastic there's like got molded recess where the car sits to hold it in the box the the terrain is like that it's like in one of those weird molded plastic things like already off the sprue
1: weird
2: and it's just a bit weird and yeah it really suffers for quality yeah and the horse cross is it completely like that it's yeah a little bit it's not it's not too bad it's not as bad as, I don't think, Numinos Oculum era stuff, but it's not the best. I think it'd make it work, basically. A little bit of uh, application of green stuff and what have you. I think it'd be okay. So it's not too bad, but it is a little jank. I'm, I'm kind of going to stick some bits on it, see what I can do to AOSify it a little bit. It's extremely scully.
1: Well, uh, that's doing most of the work for you then.
2: Yeah, yeah. But So it's pretty good. Um, so I got that. Um, and like I said, I got... Uh, oh, I got the... Um, to look at what the hell it's called nope don't know uh big chaos shrine with these like two spiked pillars oh god yeah. sort of eye of the eye of horus but it's not that it's just a generic chaos yeah. thing in the middle uh, again got one of those brand new that was really nice was very big and very very bad to paint you just that was that you'll be sick it went, that was 14 pounds <laughs> brand new <laughs> bargain absolute bargain you heard anyway, all so of the it,
1: ebay luck
2: I know it's it's funny isn't it um but yeah 14 quid. and then uh, but that's really that's a really nice kit but the problem is it's got really vertical sides which makes it a bit of a pain to do anything with playing wise yeah. so I think I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to is buying some platforms maybe from um oh who are the guys who make the cog for
1: dark fantastic mills
2: yeah dark fantastic mills it doing like like a nice like platforms set yeah mm-hmm. and i'm thinking to like build up the platforms around the outside as if it's a sort of like reverse excavation oh right yes to yeah. sort of allow it give it sort of like a uh like stepped sides with these platforms to actually make it somewhat usable
0: yeah this is what i was going to say um, is i i'm not a old terrain buff and i also missed them all first time around because i was out of the hobbies mm. so. So my yeah, only experience too. of them is seeing them at Warhammer World and they're all universally mm-hmm. awful to play on. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that, that, that is true. Uh, some of them, I think, like the Wars Cry so you have to take an executive judgment. You know what? This is a terrain piece. You can be next to it or you can be in it. You cannot be on it. It does not make any sense. Yeah. Um, it's the
0: oculum, the one that's got the kind of open, I don't know how you describe it. It's like a kind of cage. It's a cage.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, it's got, yeah, yeah. There's like a cage on the side, and you can stick your wizard in there. I
0: think what I normally do is I yeah. then catch that and I launch my models across the table <laughs> using it like a catapult. Yes, yeah,
2: pretty much. ping them off the corner. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it doesn't really work. But I, I think what I might do is put all of these things on big bases, and then um, have them as. You know, so that you can be on the mm-hmm. terrain whilst not being literally on the terrain. And yeah, it, it, it gains a little bit of usability that way, and limits um, the
0: catapulting
2: and limits the catapult. Well, yeah, it means you don't have to put them literally inside it to do anything. And yeah, I don't know. So that's okay. Um, but that's that's nice. Um, well, said I painted up some old cultists, which uh, I'll come on to later. But yeah, that's me. Um, what about you, Drew? What have you been up uh, to?
0: Lots of heresy stuff. I'm trying to think if I've done anything but heresy. See, I have. I finished painting a bust recently, which I've been working on for months and months and months. Um,
1: it's come out so well, though.
0: Thank you. Which it's, one is it? Uh, silly. C i l i.
2: Oh, hurt. oh, the yeah. bust. Yeah, oh, man, crazy, crazy um, good.
0: And that was working with um, Sergio Calvo, who is a Patreon uh, available on Patreon, as it were as a painting tutor so i was
2: oh i didn't realize that so you were sort of like going back and forth with feedback, yes and were
0: you yeah getting getting feedback uh, oh wow so there's a reason why it looks better than it would do if it was just me on my own so <laughs> i've had someone
2: hey well it was you did do the 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 hard work
0: on it so
1: yeah so do was just like ah, you know tighten up the the graphics and you were like okay
0: yeah explaining to me um i've actually got a painting course out in madrid in october oh, um, Wow, with him That's yeah I, well i kind of worked on the logic that all the, pain, the painting courses you used to go to were organized by people up in hull and then that guy emigrated uh to france so there aren't any northern painting courses anymore so actually traveling to london is probably about the same cost as traveling to spain um
2: is it, is it an easy jet flight to uh sadly
0: to? not it's a it, well not to go to do but so i have to do a transfer so it's like five hours <laughs> of flying to get to madrid oh, from funny. where i am
2: are you doing for one day or it's you a go, weekend stay in so oh,
0: cool.
1: um i think i'd rather be in spain than london personally yeah
0: and it, nice. yeah i don't know uh, I don't do painting courses very often. I started to get into them and then um, COVID happened yep. and I had to—I lost a load through cancellations.
1: I've never done one. I'm curious what it's like.
0: I mm. think it's very dependent on the the level of, the, not just the tutor, but also the people around you. Right. Um, because, I mean, it, you're probably always going to find people better than, worse than you in anything you go to and I think the worry is you go and you're the worst person there as it were because then you're not going to the class is going to move so quickly
1: um all the other kids point and laugh at you
0: yeah like I've said
2: what do, do you get told to do like is it like okay class now paint the face or like how does it or, or are you working on different things, and the person comes around like, okay work work a little bit on this, work a little bit and that goes into the next place all right work can on only this.
0: speak for the ones I've done uh they tend to be mm. the as a miniature provided, and the miniature is usually selected to be interesting to paint as it were um you know, like a lot of different textures, a lot of different mm. um you know angles materials that kind of thing, so you know it's something they're gonna work on and then you seem to get a mix of painting classes that are people teaching you to do their style where you can generally tell that because you get like the end of class photos where everyone's painted the same model the same way or you get some sort of more involved ones where it's like they teach you a theory and then you do what you want based on that theory and then they'll advise, mm-hmm. you know, within that.
2: They sort of like, do they sort of like wander around critiquing your implementation? Yeah, and then
0: sort of presenting. It's like the main one I... Did before sort of lockdown was uh it was with uh Banshee um, who I, is Alfonso something again another Spanish painter but Banshee's his like hmm. I don't want to say stage name whatever you'd call us- it username, username. yeah um, and yeah with us he like divided the room into half and it was just like well your theme is you're going to paint this model in warm colours and the other half are going to do it in cold colours and that was you know. Enforce some mm-hmm. variation but then within that you know it was the entire process of studying references and building up a basic palette and then you know taking it forward and things uh and that was very much color focused mm. um it wasn't very much direct brush technique except that you know he would come round and, and to show you things
2: did you have to like find find your own references? Sorry, I'm being assaulted by that twelve spiders that just appeared from the ceiling. Did they um like did you have to find your own references or did they? Were you able to um? Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, like
2: we provided no, just, some. Was it gang look at the screen whilst we Google these things or you? A, a bit of
0: both, um, but yeah, certainly you know for your own piece you're working on, it was look at your own stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know what this October course is going to be like. Um, it, interesting, I hope. Um, mm. uh, yeah, sounds cool. Uh, yeah, quite a big step to go abroad
2: to go to a painting thing. So it is.
0: Yeah, I feel like I mean it's it's a whole class as well. I know certain people do uh, private tuition, and I do keep thinking. I, I know uh, mm. Roman Lepat does private courses, and he's a sort of painter I really rate. And I have no idea what they cost, but the idea of doing uh, just a weekend with a with Roman would be amazing. Mm. A one-on-one. Yeah, one on one tuition. I mean, you have to <laughs> just learn so much um
2: it'd be very awkward if you paid for a weekend of somebody's time and it turns out you hated them
0: on like a personal yeah yeah that's true i mean I, hopefully they're all good teachers that's the other thing is like you know sure. they make their lives teaching so um they're not just gonna rail on you for <laughs> your <laughs> you, choices you but uh so yes uh and then yeah apart from that me doing heresy stuff painting lots of heresy things and haven't really paid me. Oh, I, I did play a game. I played a game the other week. I played a couple of games of Necromunda, which is exciting because I love Necromunda. Oh, cool. I never get to play it. So, uh, <laughs> um, hopefully, going to start a Necromunda campaign relatively locally.
2: Yeah. Oh, very nice. How many people it have you got Well, in?
0: I'm not doing the organising. Actually, the person organising is other pod regular, uh, Tom G. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, cool organizing nice. it all um so i think it's about six of us um no. six five can't remember can't remember if i'm counting myself I'm not a decent, decent crowd, crowd. yeah. uh and i think necro is a lot better as a campaign because um like rachel was saying it's like w- when you fall off things and your people die permanently it's that extra element of sort of of uh you know of game where you know your actions have consequences and maybe you aren't going to be quite so going ho and stuff with you You're... it's
1: more of a story
0: yes exactly um hmm. so yes that was uh, interesting yeah, nice
2: I, f- I forgot to mention i did i did play uh i played one game of warhammer is that true no probably a couple of games of warhammer Forty Thousand. since the most recent one i played was uh I, I enjoyed i always enjoyed smash hams with pals but i think uh we were operating on somewhat different power levels i got uh tabled in uh I think fully eighty percent of my army was dead in turn one. <laughs>
3: okay. I, okay.
2: Well well we'll we'll just roll this out, but I don't think we need to do the second part of turn two. <laughs> um let's just see what happens. Uh it's good to smash hammers, but it did uh it was a bit of a start reminder yeah. of how that
1: sometimes I think different power levels. Yeah, sometimes I think they should just design the game to be over in one round
2: just just you just compare lists it's like yeah. tom trumps <laughs> the person with the better strats i just mean wins. my yeah.
0: uh club going experience was very much that that you just rocked it up and you were like well <laughs> is it worth me getting mm-hmm. my models out yeah.
2: <laughs> well i think i think the thing is i've 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 played other games of 40k but they they tend to be uh they've been with people who have played or, or you know part of our role models physical community and we have a quite a specific i don't know how to describe it like game approach yeah and as such they have not been like that and so i play you know like uh so other pod attendee like jd i've played against um rich and those are games which go on a bit
1: yeah because <laughs> you're both trying to lose at all costs yeah we're
2: both desperately trying to lose at all costs and just fluffing taking stupid mistakes we mm-hmm. getting stratagems and they're not very optimal ways to play but they do result in somewhat long games <laughs> um and I'm, I'm more used to that uh that attitude i suppose but it was it's like i say it's always fun to smash hands and um just to be reminded completely how much i don't understand the rules of 40k but it was
0: uh good to put tiny men down fair enough talking about tiny men specifically your tiny men tom shall we move on to mm. uh topics and you were talking about is it repainting old models but not specifically mm. Mm. other people's old models, your own?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I had this um I've I've had this discussion with a few people before of like, oh well, you know, we kind of joke like, well, you know, I've got to take, take them to a stage of well, fuck it, that'll do like, close enough. Mostly finished. And I do that a lot with a lot of minis. Like I paint them, I'm like, Yeah, I think that's done. And then I, the next day, I sit down at my desk. I'm like, oh, I forgot the pipe. But you know what? I don't really care. I'm just going to leave it. It's, it's done and I can't be asked to work on it because I've not enjoyed it and I'm just going to leave it and I'm sure I'll do it in the future. And then I obviously literally never do. Or like, oh, I forgot to highlight half of the half of the model. Guess that's never getting done. And for the first time, for some reason, I pushed through that. And I re- it was actually prior to that game I was talking about. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to... Do a, a pass over all my old Chaos Space Marines and just bring, just like redo the edge highlights, repaint a couple of panels where I, you know, put too much gold. So they're, they're Black Legion, and occasionally I'd sort of like, when I was doing the gold originally, I was doing it in Gehenna gold. which took three passes of all the trim in this horrible gold. I'm like, why am I doing this? And sometimes the gold was patchy and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, what, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go redo it. I'm just going to go over some of them, do a, a little highlight, highlight the gold in the same color that I've done the most recent ones. I spent a lot more effort doing <clears throat> highlight the silver, Um, you know, patch up the gold where I'd done it differently. You know, like and it just be like that. And I, and I'd always imagined that I'd hate that task, but actually I really enjoyed it. And it was really nice to put them next to the new ones and say, Oh, actually that, final pass of highlights and stuff has actually really tied them all together. So modernized them. And like yeah. the bases, just like redo the just redo the bases a little bit, like just another highlight, just, you know, maybe stick a tuft on or whatever. And like, well, wow, it's actually just sort of like it's just just a little little elevation. So that actually just really ties all of these together. And they still don't look as good as my latest ones, but they don't know they no longer stand that sort of like sit there quite dull like they used to. I did I wasn't very good at doing well, I didn't used to do much contrast on them. I mean, uh, physical, not physical contrast. You know what I mean? Literal color contrast, not the not the small paint C contrast. contrast.
0: Yeah, small C Banks,
2: contrast. G W. Yeah, so I'd go back and do that, and it, yeah, thanks, G <laughs> Dubs. And uh, I, I just can't believe G W
1: copyrighted I've, the word contrast.
2: I can't believe that they did this, and yet yeah. here we are, and it's confusing everything. But yeah, it just made it, it just made everything tie together, and I was I was. Um, and I sort of continued doing it. I went back everyone, like most of my cultists and got halfway through them because they've got quite a lot. Not as many as uh, James, but quite a few. And, and yeah, it's just I'm quite enjoying it, actually. And considering how much people joke about not ever doing it or enjoying doing it, I wondered, is it something you guys do? Have you – What does it, does it make you recoil in horror? Do you, like, do it often? Would you recommend it?
1: I'm 100% for it. Um I think do
2: you do it do I uh, do you, do you practice what you preach?
1: Uh occasionally, not very often, like normally I'm too focused on painting the unpainted things to like go back and um Well, yeah, that's that was my normal state of being. Yeah. But like um sometimes it's just like I want to make um uh the bases consistent across a certain group of models cuz like when I did the first ones, I had a different kind of like idea in mind for what the bases were going to be like. Um, or, or yeah, it's just like, um, I could make the gold a bit better or something like that. Or even like, I definitely have like on my list of things to do is to, um, actually, uh, strip or paint over some of the models I painted. Like I painted when I first got into the hobby and like four years ago or whatever, whenever, <laughs> however long it was. Cause I'm just like, I want to get them out and play with them, but they look Really, like, I just wouldn't enjoy it because they don't look very good to me. <laughs> um, would you
2: Would you definitely strip them all the way back? I don't know if I'd, stri- I don't know if I'd just... strip
1: them. I'd probably just paint over them because the paint isn't that thick on them. It'd be fine. Yeah.
2: Are they in the right, roughly the right? Are these your storm cast you're
3: talking about? Uh, no, this else?
1: is like a bunch of uh, like really old wood elves and old Bretonian archers that for some reason I had. And when I was nice. getting it, I was like, well, this, I've got this to paint, so I'll paint it. But I didn't know what a wash was. In fact, one of the Bretonian archers was where I learned what a wash was and applied it, and it looks markedly better than the other ones.
0: So there's a gradient <laughs> even within the uh, the models that you'd repaint. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be really cool to go back and uh, do that again. I think like um, something that makes it easier for me is that like your like we're all seem to be, like, more or less okay with, like, um, acquiring somebody else's old models and stripping them and painting them uh, and, like, sort of undoing the work of random eBay person uh, 999. And I think it's totally fine to take the same approach to your own work, because Past you is also a different person from present you in many ways. Mm. Um, I think
2: it probably it's overcoming a lot more attachment if you do it to your own things. But, not to say but, it's not valid, but I think like personally, it'd be a lot more of a big deal if I stripped mm. something that I'd done because I because I have a, a visceral knowledge of the effort that went into yeah, it. Yeah, mm. but
1: also like like um, touching it up or repainting it is also like another way to get more. Enjoyment out of that miniature, yeah, Uh, and that that for me probably weighs out any that I might um, any sort of sense of attachment or whatever that I might have to its current to the current way that it's painted or whatever. Um, Because Mm -hmm. if I don't like the current way that it's painted, then I'm not really getting much joy out of it, right?
2: I guess it probably. It's going to depend on a whole bunch of factors, right? Because I have I have some old miniatures which I painted. Um, oh, geez, how long ago? 11, Ten, eleven, maybe twelve years ago. And they are they are okay actually. Like I'm pretty mm-hmm. happy with how they're painted. They're a bit chipped, but for for the time I did them, I don't know why they're much better than I would ever remember them being. Um, and those I'd like. I don't think I would want to repaint, even though I feel like I could redo them and I could probably redo them better. They, I quite like them as they are, as a snapshot yeah. of where I was. And, and similarly, I've got a model I painted when I was about seven, and I wouldn't. There's no point in me re, re, like stripping and repainting that because again, it's a snapshot. But versus something, I suppose it is different if you have a model that you. It's a bit like with the cultists and the chaos chaosmies I was talking about. Like I want to use those, and I, I remember I only painted them like three or four years ago. I painted them at the time to be played and to look coherent. And if they no longer meet that, then I feel like it's almost, it's not a disservice to previous me to go, well, because like I feel like previous me at that time would have painted them as I'm doing it now if i had known what I was doing. Yeah. So I suppose it depends, it's really going to depend on what the model is, what you wanted it, what you want it for, what, what it represents in its current painted state.
1: Yeah. I think if the model like represents some kind of sentimental, um, or a nostalgic thing, or it's just like a connection to a child version of yourself, mm. like I, I can totally understand, um, not wanting, to, wanting to keep it as kind of a memento. Um, but mm. also like all the stuff that I painted when I was very little, is just complete dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> honestly, um, Yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: I suppose the other thing is you're under no obligation to keep all of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I, I don't think I would. I, I sold most of the stuff I had when I, that I painted when I was eight. It's just gone. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I did with it. I either binned it or sold it off. But I, and I've kept one old Eldar Guardian, and oh, that, that's fine. Yeah. I don't need ten. I don't need ten shitly painted Eldar Guardians to be honest. Mm-hmm. One is fine as a nice memento the rest can can literally go in the bin
1: yeah i think this is the thing is that like it's so easy to become sort of this sounds a bit probably a bit too deep or whatever for a tiny plastic people podcast but i think it's very easy to become kind of indebted to your past self and i don't think i don't think that's necessarily a good thing um
2: yeah i think that's a very valid point what about you drew you uh do you repaint touch up things
0: i feel like this is like a trap for me because i periodically get wronged for my attitude when it comes comes to the hobby (laughs) and uh, yeah i i don't know i mean yes i definitely that's the short answer is yes i definitely do uh the longer answer is maybe i shouldn't um i've certainly done what you've done and sat down with my ultramarines, which are like my first army I painted when I returned to the hobby, and I think it was for like an army's on parade. I just went through and I re highlighted and tidied them all up. Um, but that was quite a long time ago, and nowadays I'm far more likely to be like, I hate this thing, and I've got an airbrush, <laughs> which is like a gun for destroying old paint jobs and you can just blast <laughs> primer.
2: So you can just take them take them out back and uh and uh airbrush them in yeah. the back of head I mean <laughs> I mean, I've, I've,
0: I've even got models that I've just <laughs> reprimed and I've never done anything with them but it's obliterated what has gone before. Do
2: you do you, do you strip them first or do you just
0: uh execute, execute them with the airbrush? The airbrush only uh i mean i'm i'm very just, lazy and i hate stripping things so <laughs> well
2: you so you recently you repainted some uh uh you posted on a disco that you repainted some um some models yeah. recently didn't you yeah, it was a was, that that was a paint, a paint over. over
0: and i it was it was even weirder because it was the galvor back for uh word bearers and horus heresy so they're like gribbly demons bursting out of space marines and they're kind of weird models in just a you know, in a model sense, they're very weird. They're kind of very confused. They're very busy. Um, and the idea I'd got for them was I was going to do all my demons in a very kind of classic Hellfire style. So there's these space marines with, like, demon bits bursting out. And all the demon bits, therefore, were going to be in um, sort of burning magma style, you know, hot metal, or whatever you want to call it. So the, the demon bits are yeah, on fire. Yeah, and then the regular bits are normal word marines. And I'd actually got to the stage of putting transfers onto them when I decided I hated them. Um, <laughs> and then I came back to them and, yeah, I just blasted over the airbrush, but I only blasted over the demon parts. So I did my best to re- um. to keep the um, the legs and things that had the transfers on, and even the shoulder pads that had transfers on un Unreprimed, so they ended up as totally reprimed in part and then fully painted
2: it- so did you did you repaint these in order to do a new thing with them or was it what that what you were doing before wasn't working and you yeah it was just de- it? or did the change or did the theme change no, no. i kept exactly the same through. i
0: just de-shat them basically or attempted to <laughs> them.
3: yeah do
1: you think maybe you would have um done like a test model and that would have helped you avoid like the mistake you made like maybe you did already do test models. it's 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 yeah
0: no i didn't what i did was i painted uh zardulayak who's the kind of boss of the demon freaky people he's got a big burning staff and i painted that and i was like oh this is amazing i really like this staff i painted looks really good i'm sure i'll be able to turn you know to replicate this make a whole theme out of this this. Um, and the answer was no I can't (laughs) and it was also particularly stupid because it's like I've got a heresy event in two weeks less than two weeks and these models should be finished for then and they're not going to be because I've been repainting them and so will other things not be finished because I'm a cursed person who (laughs) just hates stuff
2: (laughs) (laughs) do you uh, do you keep any old models from many years ago i do
0: i i as as weirdly actually talking about you know my first models are dwarf nautiluses for man of war Mm -hmm. Um, shout out to man of war fans everywhere um (laughs) uh, both of you you, (laughs) and they're quite good and then there's some stuff i painted when i was at uni so like a real grown-up person and they're shit um so I somehow got worse painting. I mean, they're not good. They're not dwarf, not but you know they're they're a they're a little dwarf submarine the size of the end of my little finger, and they have like check painted on them and stuff. You know
3: <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but I am nice. tempted to take one and repaint one, strip it and repaint it, and.
2: Be nice, maybe next to one that you did. Yeah, time. I think I a mean.
0: bit. Oh, or another thought is that maybe I should do it for Golden Demon, and do a little Dwarf Nautilus diorama hmm. for Golden Demon.
2: Maybe fighting. Yeah, well,
0: I was thinking because the thing is the Man of War ships don't have bottoms; they're perfectly flat on the underside. Um, yeah. you'd have to sculpt, sculpt the bottom, and one. then I could That'd put another amazing. one of my Man of War ships on the surface and build like a resin block. I, anyway,
1: Whoa. Jeez. first you paint a bust and now you want to sculpt a bottom. Yeah, <laughs> Where does it end it's very...
2: what kind of guy are you, Drew? Are you a bust guy or a boat bottom guy? <laughs> I, I'm I'm <laughs>
0: totally a boat bottom. I mean, everyone knows I love my boats and uh, the bottoms of boats, are, yeah.
2: <laughs> bottoms, it is. I, I mean, to make guy. it worse,
0: my uh, old life was as a naval architect and uh one of the dividing lines on the bottom of boats is called buttock lines so uh <laughs> <laughs> swab the poop
2: deck and splice the <laughs> buttock line <laughs> but it's a nautical, it a nautical term,
0: term yes yeah 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 oh, okay well that's, that's quite interesting so yeah. yeah the short answer was yes i, mm. I repaint except my ultramarines in aloeba draw and i can't bear to look at them they're my hideous yeah ugly freak children
1: <laughs> well maybe one day you will you will give them the love they deserve
2: yeah or take them out into the field <laughs> and airbrush them in the back I, of it
0: well actually that's the thing the last role models meetup uh i almost took my ultramarines to it because i wanted just to play an easy army i'd not i've never got to use the new ultramarine in the new marine codexes or anything even in eighth edition i was like oh i'll them out built myself up packed them all away and then got covid so uh they never got to see the table again and then they went, oh, no, they yeah. went back into their drawer
1: i missed that rest one too pepper, it was yeah. rough they didn't have covid but yeah just the the sensation of uh waking up on the morning i was supposed to be going and just feeling like crap and being like oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> well no. i guess i'm not going then rest in pepperoni really.
2: yeah well thanks for your uh inputs on that i think i think even talking about that has made me realize why i do it for some and not for others Um maybe that'll make me more liable to do it for yeah i mean things. i feel it's probably, probably not the maybe
0: bbc-esque uh, fair representation because we're all kind of pro it but
1: uh oh well, yeah we need to get um i thought well i know that peter fienia is very strongly against like ever going back to anything you've painted before um which i think is extreme well, i think, I think
2: yeah I think I would have kind of held that position. i think i would have my previous position was i think it's just completely fine to never do it because who can be asked um being anti it i think it's quite a that's that's, that's the that's the uh, that would be the 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 fallacy of uh false um, Re- like yeah. you know, impartiality. I think that's actually I think being anti it is actually an extremist position. We may be misrepresenting. I think you could be neutral on it. We
1: might be misrepresenting Peter here. So uh Peter, if you be if you feel you've been misrepresented, feel free to write no, I, I, feel free to write in at uh tiny people at gmail.com. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, we have a there's a special filter to direct that straight to junk. Yeah. So please write in.
1: Excellent. Well,
0: if I want to move away from the painting table to the wargaming table itself rachel you're talking about uh well the statefulness Am of I? games
1: okay uh yeah so i needed a topic um and all i could think of was <laughs> uh what is the precise amount of tokens that it is acceptable to have in a tabletop war game um and the number of tokens is itself a function of how sort of stateful the game is like how many, how many kind of like effects or ongoing processes or like numbers that you need to keep track of Mm. the game has um, that you either uh, need or might want a token to keep track of. And um, I know that I definitely have a limit on how many Mm. tokens I find acceptable, Um, particularly if they're going to be like, all on the board next to the models and stuff like that um but I'm not sure exactly what that limit is and it seems it seems to kind of I seem to accept it in some places and have difficulty with in others see um this was going to be
0: my sort of my split because when I first read your your sort of suggest your, your your notes in the sort of show notes that um I'd read it as tokens on the table and I was like yes tokens on the table are awful and the right number would be z- zero <laughs> is what I would have said, except that I do play Genes to the Cults occasionally. and I don't mind their single big fat tokens they get to put down. They're kind of okay. But on the table, yeah, I, I hate tokens. Um, unless they're sort of, you know, diegetic. Diegetic tokens, I think I'd argue, is a different thing. Can you what,
1: ex- what does diegetic yeah, mean? Explain what you mean by that. I think I know what it means. but I mean, yeah. so
0: traditionally it's it's in sort of film uh discussion where it's music coming from within the the film itself so you know the radio playing inside a scene rather than music played over the top but in this case you know it's if your markers were applied by something that already exists in the world so in a kind of 40k example if you've got a a recon sweep or whatever then you represent that with a a uh, servo skull model or something oh Uh, and if you've got okay you know you could have things in a game that were
2: i see like in-game representations of of yes or you know you've got
0: you know one-shot missiles on your vehicles and if they you magnetize the missiles you just take them off you don't need a counter to keep track of Mm. it um Mm. that i uh, i prefer because you know and this is because i'm a big wanksy artisty person when it comes to my war games is I want the <laughs> table to look as real as possible and things and you know I want it to look exciting and visually appealing. Um hmm. and a bunch of little cardboard squares following my models around is detrimental to that. But then I That's that's an interesting I think off the table yeah. I'm quite quite token tolerant if It's on a soft sideboard, and I mean, I play Titanicus, which is in half the game mm. is moving little tokens around on scales. I mean, and that's the bit I like because, as well as being a big, wanky artist, I'm also an engineering type person, and moving things on scales is pleasing to me.
2: That is right, that is exactly your jam. <laughs> yeah, I. I... Yeah, I, I that's make an interesting point about them being die, say diegetic. I think it's quite a good word. Um, I, I think the correct number is the number that are used in kill team.
1: Really? Personally, because I've seen yeah. I've seen photographs of kill team being played, and every single guy, no matter like whether they're oh yeah, in, they like, all have tokens. A, the, You've got to have a token. Like, like everyone just has a little token next. I mean, uh huh. I yeah. I hate it. You hate that?
2: Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I, th- I think in terms of like statefulness, I think it's very because they're all because everybody's either one or the other um oh shit maybe there's oh, okay right so there's, there's a little little side token there is another there's another ge- game called star wars armada and in that which is about big fleet star wars space combat and you have tiny little fighters in it right and they're not the same as the capital shits but what they have is is the fa- fantasy flight games made this this like they have a flight stand a bit like the gw ones mm they have a slider on the bottom that slides from one side to the other and it pokes out the side so the base itself is like a little cardboard space se- mm. vignette scene and there's a little slider that pokes outside is either red or blue and that tracks their state and i guess if you could do the same for kill team that would be extremely bad but it would make all your bases interrupt big yeah. and say
0: that i've just finished proofing a kill team article which is celebrating Kill Team this afternoon. And even in this article that is singing the praises of Kill Team, it does apologise for the number of tokens that you need to use. (laughs) Uh,
2: Well, okay. I I mean, I guess, I don't know. I think it's, I quite like the number. I think it makes the game quite clear in its state. Yeah, it's, because it's, it's, they're like different colours. Like, you can look at it and you get a pretty good idea pretty you, quick. If, if you, you didn't to-
1: have those tokens there then the game would be completely unplayable, right? Because all yeah. of the state that is like absolutely fundamental to how the game plays would just not yeah. be obvious. And you wouldn't be able to yeah. keep track of it because every single guy needs to be um, like needs to have this state assigned to them.
2: Mm. Mm. The it- uh sorry nothing i think the um the other thing I think is if you have t- is the statefulness i think there's other things to do with the statefulness of the game right other well, than what what state uh the board is on because i'm just thinking about forty k you can't represent the number of stratagems that you can possibly have is like fifty mm. Mm-hmm per army that could be triggered and actually only a subset of them can be triggered at any one time and those don't each have their own token but i mean maybe but and so the 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 state of the board doesn't represent that full possibility space in terms of the states you could move to and between um with the tokens would it be benefited by laying all of those out probably not is that just a failing of having too many stratagems probably like strats i don't
0: know Yeah, I do agree. Rather than specifically talk about strats, I'll offer an alternative that I was recently shown a game called Saga, which is a old and daisy, not super historical old and daisy game, but it's the sort of it hangs its coat in the on the sort of historical hook. And the way it's played is that you have a different player sheet, A4 sheet for. Each faction, and you apply dice to those uh, um, effectively abilities before your turn starts. So everything in there is on one sheet of paper, and mm. you know you you have it there. You know what yours is. You know what your opponent's is. Well, to yeah. some degree, you know what your opponent's is. And one of the things that was super appealing to, about that is that it does have this really defined statefulness. That you're never going to have anything that isn't just on this this sheet.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I, that reminds me of a bit like Warcrow. Like you have your your warband's uh, abilities; they fit on one card. I know there there are a few exceptions, but generally, you've got like five or six, let's say up to ten total things that could go on. So there's a bunch of different things you could go with there. But you can see your opponent's wild dice. Yeah, you can see the things they might do with them, and that's that's kind of like an off-board yeah. token, but it's quite readable. I mean-
0: that's that's quite the counterpoint to obviously all of this is like necromunda which has a billion totals tokens tokens and it's also got really random rules that it's just like oh you want to know this during the game well go fuck yourself we've hidden it in a rule book (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh you you're shooting at someone well is it in the shooting rules or is it in the movement rules because they need to move after they've been shot or is it in the weapon rules or maybe it's in a subcategory of the weapon rules in enjoy looking it up
2: weapon rules referring you to to setting up the yeah. game rules which refer you to falling off buildings rules. and it's
0: it's horrific and <laughs> is the the point that that is too far i mean necromander probably has too many tokens if you manage to play a worst case game where everyone has gone out to try and you know have as many mm. guns that cause radiation sickness that also set you on fire that another person then also you know a make you crazy another one would make you fall asleep and then the last one is doing psychic powers that mean you have to do something else oh and you also have to track how much ammunition all those mm. guns have got and you're like yeah that's <laughs> that's too many tokens maybe that's yeah. too many tokens I,
2: I i do wonder rachel what the, what were the games you had in mind when you were thinking about tokens in the state um
1: that
2: they represent of games
1: well probably yeah, probably Warcry is in there because it's just what i've been playing recently um so the state that i can think of in Warcry is um so obviously you've got like the positions of the guys on the board that is one example of state but that's like like you can't not have that in the game otherwise there's like no game basically
2: just what the game is built around. <laughs>
1: yes and everything else can't al- cut that yeah, one everything else around that is like the extra stuff so each each um You need to keep track of how many wounds each fighter has suffered. Uh, You need to keep track of how many actions they performed in the current round. Uh, And yeah, so wounds and actions, those are like two different kinds of counters. I mean, yeah, counters, tokens, whatever that you need. Um, And there's a few other things that can generate like state that goes on the board. Um, And then... To the side you've got at the beginning of the round, you're gonna roll your ability your um power dice or whatever wild, they're called. Yeah. Wild dice. No, because the wild dice is the one that you get to oh, add the, the in dice. to like yeah, modify of one of your sets. Yeah. Um so you've got that. But I think what's sort of nice about it is that everything apart from the wounds gets reset at the beginning of each round of play. Um and from that point on you're as you're adding more um, action counters to models as they do stuff throughout the round, you're also using your ability dice. So you're taking the ability dice staced away at the same time as you're adding more state to keep track of mm. um, what actions they've performed. And that makes me think that maybe the thing that makes sort of statefulness in games tolerable for me is if, like, one... Um, things get sort of reset regularly and to, um, each time, like as you're adding more things to keep track of, you're also taking them away, mm. other things away. Um, so like yeah.
2: the keeping, keeping some constant level of, uh, counters or not com- some constant, but some level that is, you know, yeah. at least balanced across the game, not just building up to counter overload.
3: mm mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, mm Oh, there's games like um Aren't there some isn't there some World War II games and there's Star Wars Legion, I think it is, where you pick where you like pick orders out of
0: a bag that's, and stuff. Uh, yeah. That's the bolt action system, but it's not Yeah, it's, the, yeah it's not specifically the orders, it's um it's it's
1: who you get to activate. Get to activate. Right? I think in oh, bolt it's action it's yeah. just oh, right.
0: it's just your whether it's yours or the enemies. In Star Wars Legion it's like Elite, Boba Fett's and burby carpet monster type <laughs> yeah. things or
2: whatever Boba <laughs> yeah 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 Blobba, Boba club yeah. shittos, and uh, uh, yeah Teddy bears. yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I just I was I'm thinking like if the, if you had a game where the you know the sum total of orders was a was a limited resource and if there was uh, a limited number of counters that could be in the game and then I you I talk um, to you about
0: Chain of Command again which is why but I'm not going
2: I do that in Chain of Command do you have like order tokens no, that you then because that's quite a nice i'll
0: just i'll just say no well no, okay. i think <laughs> it's <laughs> it's different and it's probably also off topic but I will i'll happily show you at the next meetup is uh i'll bring chain of command and i'll show you how it works and then somebody will have played chain of command with me
2: what is what's the uh what's the two sentence relevance to tokens um,
0: that you have got limited orders um but they don't you don't you don't gain conditions very much you gain very limited tokens on the board but you do have uh dice rolls are your tokens for how you assign orders and it becomes quite dynamic based on that mm.
3: okay. it's i mean it's,
0: it's, you know it's it's a sort of historicals game which is problematic for me i wish it wasn't i wish it had like a nice fantasy version but yeah as anyone who's interested yeah. in game design <laughs> it's a really interesting rule set um the way yeah, it applies is quite interesting you know it It does things with how games, you know, how models interact, and how much you command and control you've got is the kind of key part of the game, more so than just you know what you're telling things to do. It's you know whether you're able to or not, and I do think you know counters are definitely doing something in a game which is adding complexity and adding crunch, if I dare use the word, because I know it's a contentious word, Mm. but
1: obviously turning on the klaxon, yeah,
0: the, the crunch klaxon, and not speaking about. Podcast E Crunch either, who um is not contentious, is very lovely. We all like him. But um well uh, like him-ish. Tolerate, tolerate, okay.
1: Also, that's yeah, that's trend- not what I meant, but sure, yikes. Crunch, Crunch, <laughs> <laughs> Crunch, if you wanna if you feel you've been slandered in this episode, please write in to the tiny plastic people at gmail.com.
2: I guess what, we've got a second rule set up.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, um, so, yes, you know, I mean, counters are adding that kind of complexity. And, it's you know, it's the base level. You don't need any complexity, only counters for it because models are alive or dead and, you know, they go off the table. So, the, you know, the first one you gain is any model yeah. that has multiple wounds or multiple degrees of how alive it can be is always going to have something that indicates that. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. That sounds quite interesting. Mm.
1: I'll check it out. Although it might be difficult to get over the um, the thing about historical and World War two games in particular, they just put me to sleep. I've got
0: two armies that I've painted in non-historical colours and given like Games Workshop transfers and things oh instead of uh, the war transfers.
2: Yeah, just call them uh, free girls. Yeah, handgunners. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. And steam tanks. Yeah. yeah then you're in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, um, Drew, you were talking about, uh, you, you, you were wanting to talk about RB discipline. Yes. Ooh. I don't have any, so tell me about it. i have never heard of it, mate.
0: Of course I don't want to say discipline and get people excited because I mentioned to someone the other day that I was, I was a disciplined lead now at work and they imagined that I was some kind of <laughs> person exacting capital punishment or corporal punishment on people
2: <laughs> coming to my oh right yeah, yeah. that okay
0: um oh yeah
2: not oh, just gotta like break out whip or indeed yes,
0: whip whip based things so so yeah sort of and <laughs> organization really when it comes to hobby and i i discovered that i was just like you know i, I paint to relax and i you know, as well as much as i do paint to get things on the table but i was starting to feel really sort of unsatisfied um and Obviously, I am working towards uh, a target with an event coming up, but I was just basically chipping away on loads of stuff. And because I had so much on the go, I wasn't finishing anything. And I didn't really have any sense of, you know, completion, any sense of achievement. Um, And, you know, this weekend gone, I just was like, right, I'm I'm only going to, and this was actually the things I repainted. It's like, I'm going to prime them Friday night, and then I'm going to spend the weekend repainting them. That is my target and i will be you know happy on sunday night if i've done that and i'm not going to get distracted doing something else you know that's also on my desk and i will just focus on this and and, you know and that did deliver you know much more satisfaction for me so yeah i suppose that's the question i'm painting for enjoyment but how do i maximize that enjoyment do you guys have any <laughs> maximized yes, hobby games? Do you sort of consider that? Does that even, is that even a thing for you, or you know, have you never noticed? Uh, kind,
2: kind, of like I. It's a classic one of paints. If I have something to paint for, then I, uh, I don't necessarily derive satisfaction in necessarily finishing, like especially. So my, so maybe Chaos Marines are a nice example. Like, if I've got an, a thing, I will paint them up. I'll paint up the next lot of Chaos Space Marines I have for the next game. Sometimes I enjoy that process. Sometimes I don't. And the satisfaction comes in being able to take them painted rather than in the painting, if, it, if you know what I mean. The satisfaction comes at the end rather than the, the doing. Uh, but there's also things, if I just... I don't know, because I don't, because I'm not playing a huge number of games at the moment. And I haven't got a huge number, like, of events. What? Well, sorry, I haven't got any events, like, lined up. Then I'm just, I'm also able to just flip between them. I have box I keep things in different boxes. And I will literally just look at the box and be like, what do I want to do? And I want to paint a space marine today. Or I want to paint a lizard. I haven't wanted to paint a lizard in a good while, but that's fine. I've got a box full of them. And when the mood takes me, I will take one of them and paint him. Or I'll take a, a one of my mentors and spend far too long on a single mentor. These are the guys and who look like that, Buzz
1: Lightyear, right?
2: Yeah, these are the Buzz Lightyear Marines. And I'll just spend grossly far too much time on one Space Marine and then not pick them up it for another. It sounds like ones. you are mm-hmm. and I,
0: focused th- when it comes to your... Whatever's in front of you stays in front of you. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah.
2: I t- yes, that is true. That is true. I don't. I don't particularly like to half do something and put it away. But that I've I do do that. I do that a lot on big models. I do that a lot. But on the smaller ones, I like to have them out mm-hmm. and finish them.
1: Like that, you're like you don't like to leave something half finished. But the trick is to make sure that the something is something reasonably self contained and small, right? Yes. So it's yeah, like it's yeah. like one guy or yeah. a unit. Or a or something d- or a, like that. yeah
2: exactly a defined squad mm-hmm. yeah like i couldn't have like a whole army like laid out on my table yeah. and like skip between units to finish them off like i can't yeah, I, when i was repainting stuff I even i have so i have like 30 odd cultists and i would I, I took them in batches of 10 i did them in batches of 10 and i would not skip between them and so i actually halfway through i can't be asked to finish this i'm like, no i'm gonna push through i'm gonna push through and finish these
0: 10 i'm do the really next glad. 10 the so webcam's finding it. broken, because uh, uh, otherwise you would see behind the other <laughs> table a literal line of half-done tanks in various stages.
2: Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am guilty of doing it. Like, I, I, I have plenty of half-finished things, um, and the trick is restarting them. Um, but I'm hoping I've broken the back of that, considering what we went over earlier and going back to stuff. I, I'm hoping I can do that with some of my half-finished things, but that tends to be bigger stuff like it's tanks like i've got a half i've got two half finished tanks i've got a half finished giant lizard i've got a half finished frogman um i yeah. got all of my unfinished terrain the big bits big bits is where i really struggle uh but small guys if i got one guy i can pour pour a huge amount of effort into either it's the mentors or a unit of careless marines those are my achievable bite-sized organized levels of hobby i think
1: mm-hmm. yeah I think I just um like if I leave stuff half finished it just kind of hangs over me and it just permanently occupies like 25% of my brain just <laughs> the whole time
2: <laughs> <laughs> regardless of the size of the model uh-huh. it expand. it's like a gas it just fills expands to fill 25% <laughs> of your brain
1: so yeah. like if I start something then if i'm adding more things to the list of things that i'm currently working on then i'm just like multiplying that kind of big mental overhead um Mm. and this is actually like i don't know it's obviously like a lot of sort of um psychology and productivity uh tips and tricks probably a little bit um not 100 percent truthful but um, apparently you're supposed to like the human brain the normal human brain can only handle like one project mm-hmm. or maybe maybe two projects at a time and like if one of those projects is like your non-hobby life right so like your work stuff your chores and stuff and then um, and that leaves you only room for like one hobby project at a time um, that definitely seems to be true for me I can only do that, that the ex- one thing. So I focus on that one thing. I only have like, I have like a big, I have big uh, Trilo board full of like projects. All of them are like reasonably small, um, but there's only ever one thing in the like currently doing column. That's.
2: This, this, yeah. this explains a lot of my brain post 30, I think <laughs> just two, one thing at a time. Yeah, so okay. you
0: actually organize yourself to have only one thing on the go then. And a sort of a, a disciplined list behind that too.
1: Yeah, but I'm not sure if it's really a discipline thing. It's more just like, well, I'm doing. Like, well, I'm like I I simply do not have brain room for right. like starting another thing until until like at the moment I I've been painting this this these uh this workout terrain um for a couple of weeks or so and like if I started trying to paint something else while this was like not done, then I just, I just, I wouldn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you, do you let, I have no incentive to Do you let stuff
2: slide back? Do you let it sort of slide back from the projects to half finished?
1: Sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes if I'm like, okay, I'm really not getting on with this at the moment and I'd like to do something else. Then yeah, I will like take it out of the doing column, put it back in its, um, original place, and cycle back around to it at some point in the future. But like that's very rare. I think I like to get it into the mm. into the sort of finished column, even if I'm not 100 satisfied with it, or if I'm kind of like hating the final the final push to get it done. Um, mm. Yeah,
2: I think one thing I'm one thing I'm quite lucky is that if I do dump something, then I'm quite comfortable not being distracted by it like I don't like like to leave something I'll finish but if I'm quite capable of sort of saying well I'm not gonna finish it so I'm gonna put it away and not that doesn't tend to hang over me I don't like to do it to begin with if you know what I mean I can I can put it away in a box yeah
1: yeah yeah I don't have that I have so so like (laughs) there's like only a few things that I have like quit doing halfway through and put them in a box um mm. and like I genuinely do think about them like at least once a day. <laughs> it sucks. What 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 are those? Um so there's a box, there's a little tupperware box containing uh six, maybe eight, I'm not sure what number, of um Lizard Men, Cold One Knights because they're so bad. <laughs> they're just horrible models. <laughs> and um I think I was quite early on in my like hobby journey at that point and I was trying to paint them in like sub assemblies, but not just like one part of the rider and one part the beast. Just like I I was painting the arms separately and stuff like that. So no wonder so I was really I was just brave. hating it. Um yeah. but one day one day I'll 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 do them I'll do them justice. I'll get them out of the box. I think I also like I, see- I started turning it into a project to um learn how to like magnetize arms and stuff like that right because uh, it's i guess it's a good idea to do that on models that you're not particularly fond of mm.
2: it's but it might not surprise you that i have uh exactly the same thing i can look right now and pinpoint my box of uh saurus knights <laughs> <laughs> oh, which are really, in exactly, really the, same exactly thing.
0: the same thing
3: so.
2: uh yeah they're in so i have well, actually not not subassemblied arms but right. they are bodies yeah. uh legs and lizards and they are
1: and like yeah every so painted. often you get them out of the box to look at them and see if you can yeah do them as your next project but yeah, then you look, like, at, well, then you look at the cold there. ones and it's going like no. but, you, and but so I, you just can't
2: i went to great lengths to change the cold ones oh, really? so they're sort of yeah so you know the um the only way i can describe them is like the uh late 90s godzilla ones They've got that kind of square-looking head that's yeah. quite low. Yeah, they're they're. So they're I changed walking them on out for all floor, of those. Right? Oh, it's the yeah. Uh, yeah. almost yeah, then, the ones. Almost the, the 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 claws aren't quite touching right, the ground, yeah. but they are as if they're walking on all fours. Uh, they are. They might as well just be as goofy as the new ones. They're, <laughs> they're not great, to be honest. I don't know why I went to all that
0: effort. I think they're uh, better than the new. They're, they're the ones that you, dark elves used to have. Aren't I, they the same I mean,
2: model? yeah, yeah, they are, yeah, um, but they're not as good as the ones the dark elves <laughs> now now have. But yeah. which are better than the cold ones that the lizard men have, which are uh, w- awful. Sorry, sculptor, but they're. I mean, yeah. No, I'm not going to take that back. They're they're quite bad. <laughs> <laughs> just just like what are they about? <laughs> yeah, I I I put them in a box, and I hope they don't come to life when I'm not watching and sort of cry like Why? <laughs> when I'm not looking. But I don't. Uh, honestly like it's i don't know what they expect
0: yeah i mean there's a pixar hams movie where they all come to life would be a yeah
2: no they're they're ones that needs uh taking that back and airbrushing in the back of the head i think
0: if you airbrush them enough they just become a ball of paint so (laughs) yeah
2: exactly yeah
0: yeah like a like yeah like (laughs) pearls right like you (laughs) like
2: a piece of unwanted <laughs> grit that you just <laughs> <laughs> repeatedly paint until they become I mean, something beautiful. It's
1: just, <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> it's just, they just it's become an orb, and then you drop them on the ground, I and they roll down the hill. I f- feel
0: now you should yeah. just, yeah. Th- just th- 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 the full <laughs> pearl analogy. You should just bury them in the middle of a a sculpted, really impressively <laughs> sculpted. You know, yeah. What, what, what's yeah? Each one goes
2: inside its own little Well, I was thinking,
0: you get the big dinosaur the, for so, the yeah, big, for Seraphon big dinosaur. still it used to be like a really big T-Rex uh, yeah the yeah.
3: Dreadsaurian I don't think yeah,
1: they yeah. sell it anymore well, I the think they got rid the of it that's that's the Dreadsaurian I'm pretty sure that's the challenge
0: for both of you two yeah. which is to superglue all your Soros Knights together <laughs> into a skeleton of a Dreadsaurian <laughs> and then sculpt a Dreadsaurian over the top and only you would are. know that in its core <laughs> was a ten different little derpy dudes
2: <laughs> yeah for, formed of beautiful yeah. pearls into a giant Dreadsaurian formed
0: of gritty cold <laughs> ones gritty ugly cold ones i feel that what i really should be doing is just taking notes here as well because apart from the sorbus nights that <laughs> you know deserve to live in a box um yeah I, obviously i lack i lack the discipline that you two have to, to focus on projects
1: yeah. i'm telling you it's like it's not discipline it's like i just have to do it it's
0: just coincidence.
2: Maybe it's order more than discipline. Yeah, yeah, I
0: mean, I have like a... You talk about your box of projects. I mean, I've got like a wall of half done projects, like a literal floor to ceiling shelf of projects that are all whips. And I've decided for whatever reason that I no longer like. And
1: Yeah, that sounds I mean, that sounds like a worst case scenario for me. Like that, that 25% like <laughs> mental occupancy would just be like 95%. <laughs> you, you, you forget...
0: Forget to breathe. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to defend it by saying it's a good idea. I think it's almost certainly a terrible idea, and that you know my hobby life, like much of my life, is like a dumpster on fire rolling down a hill, and you know it's. <laughs> I mean,
2: I'm I'm looking at uh, five nine liter rubs each, uh, full of half finished projects.
1: And because I it's you, they're all do, just, like, stacked on top of each other, right? They, like, it's, like... <laughs>
2: uh, I, you know... It's, like, a model I density could, I could, of, like, <laughs> I,
1: I, pure plastic the whole way through.
2: I could, I could say, I could, you know, I could pretend my webcam is off. I could say to you, no, uh, Richard, they are well organised, but you, you know I'd be lying. Like.
1: Mm-hmm. When, you, when you pick them up and shake them, they don't even rattle, because <laughs> they're just jammed in there so tight. <laughs>
2: It's like, yeah, this is what we call sedentary plastic, <laughs> if you just leave it. Yeah, it's just uh, formed into a plastic amalgamation that you can build houses out of.
3: Well,
0: that, that I mean, I suppose if my shelves start collapsing, it will start to become a geological process, so they just compress each other down until the base layer becomes, <laughs> I don't know, coal seams yes. or whatever. Do you- geological warhammer is healing it's returning to nature
2: (laughs) somebody will mine it in the future and uh, burn it all it would be a valuable resource
0: okay well i think that's probably us done for today in that case have we i don't think we we, i don't think we
2: solved your problem
0: i think the problem is is, might be me because i know that rachel likes to keep her hobby desk (laughs) sort of spotlessly tidy as well and I have been trying to imid- intimidate this. No, it, it intimidates me. you <laughs> are trying to intimidate. Rachel, <laughs> intimidate. Well, what I'm no, doing I've it. been intimidated instead. Um, that I sort of the best I can manage to do is put my paints away and then immediately get them out again because I, I need them. Um, but I do periodically mm. Cause as my like painting area gets smaller and smaller, and when it's like basically just a, you know it's like six inches so that my hands can fit in, I'm like <laughs> uh, and. Yeah, I mean, I've got a full, what, six foot desk, and part of it's like you know spray cubicle and things. But yeah, it's it's just joy. I'm again glad the webcam's not on. The I just I keep trying <laughs> and I'm failing to kind of maintain any semblance of order. And a lot of these things are just like half done models balanced on top of other half done models. Because that's why tanks are good is you can stack them into a, like a big half finished ziggurat <laughs> And yes yeah nice well i think that the
2: important thing is as long as you're not distressed by how you organize your own hobby right i think That's
0: i probably yeah, yeah. Like I say i did realize this weekend that i was <laughs> just failing at like to do anything well, and it, moving everything forward by one percent was not satisfaction um
2: i suppose the other thing you, if you're if you're brutally ruthless about what you i've been getting rid of lots of stuff recently in preparation for moving house i'm just like i'm never i like this but am i ever gonna paint it i'm really not i'm oh, no, just gonna get rid that. of it i have i have acquired I and painted of two of those
1: things <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: exactly yeah um yeah i just you know i liked both of those things am i really gonna do anything with them no i'm not i'm just what, not what gonna, you need to do is to do 28,
0: 28 stuff and then you never have a reason to get rid of anything because you're like oh uh, i might need to use this as a basis of conversion
2: I I have a lot of stuff still. <laughs> I think mm. it'll be fine. It's still helping to lighten the burden, but I've got a I've I've still got a big old box full of junk, like an ink twenty eight. Fair enough. Be alright.
0: Okay. Well, I'd like to thank both of you two for joining me today to discuss our our various sort of hobby thoughts. I feel it's been thanks you thanks you condensed podcast we've all been in agreement not only con, well apart from you two who were just in agreement with each other about how to do hobby stuff and i was weeping softly in the corner <laughs> but beyond that it's been uh yeah we've all been leaning in the same direction so easy easy before we depart if people are interested in seeing what you've been doing do you exist on the internet anywhere tom uh, Fair enough.
2: Yeah, I do. I'm on various various places at, at TN Dines.
0: Rachel, do you exist on the internet?
1: I do. Um, you can find me on Twitter, where I don't really post that often about hobby, but I really should get back in the mood of doing that. Um, at Nershly, N-E-R-S-H-L-Y.
0: Excellent. And I also exist on the internet at Drew Underscore paints on Instagram, and maybe on Twitter, but I can't remember. I don't go onto Twitter ever, so uh, you won't see anything if you go there anything of interest. Anyway, well, if you want to speak to us, as we have hinted, if you want to tell us that we're being too mean to our co-hosts, you can contact us at the tiny plastic people at gmail dot com, and if you want to read articles and the like, you can go to tinyplasticpeople dot com. Um.
2: Um, we, have, we haven't got a filter. We've got a special filter set up for everybody that's not Pete or or uh, Rich that doesn't go to the trash. So it is actually worth yep. emailing. I think
1: we're also on Twitter, right? Tiny Plastic Pals.
0: Oh, we are. Yeah, I don't know that because I don't handle that side of things. Yes. Where we talk to, I was going to say the kids, but we don't talk to kids on Twitter. We talk to thirty angry 30-year-olds 30 <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, I believe. And then i don't know we don't have a tiktok so there's
2: also discord you could also come to discord.gg forward slash role models and join a cool bunch of people if you also like losing at one 40k and uh agreeing with everybody furiously <laughs> that, like this podcast then join us join us there
3: yeah
0: excellent well i hope it's been an interesting listen if you want to hear potentially more of focused competitive chat. You can also listen to our sister podcast, which is three and two. No, no one's corrected me, so I assume it is called three and two. I normally get the numbers That's correct. Is correct. Uh which is hosted by uh the much discussed Rich and uh two other lovely people who like to talk about Age of Sigma things in a more coherent way than we talk about the sort of broader scheme of the hobby. Um, and yes, like I say, we have a lot of articles online at uh, townplasticpeople.com Well, thank you everyone, and, uh, thanks for joining us and thank you too for speaking Cheerio everybody!
2: No problemo It's, it's you